right, everyone, I would like to start today's podcast by saying that I am not a songwriter, but I got a little something for you here. Are you ready? Ready. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me twelve Seiko snowflakes, eleven Patex and platinum, ten little longas, nine ladies divers, eight minute repeaters, seven straps of strapping, six glycines landings, five balance springs. Four charming birds, three moon phases, two tag hoyers, and a Rolex from an AD. <laughs> that was really good, I gotta say. <sighs> it, it, Lost my practice a that. little bit there. <laughs> How many times did you practice that? Because that was one take. Yeah, I, I haven't actually gotten a chance to practice it. I need more um, lung capacity. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was kind I mean, of running out there. Yeah, but that's a, that's a long verse right there. <laughs> it is. I think you're supposed to take a breath uh, after five balance springs or five golden rings in the, in yeah. the normal one. <laughs> but you went. You powered right through the thing. Oh my god! Not easy. Okay. That was really I, good, actually. <laughs> to have no mistakes, because there's so much enunciation in those verses. Yeah, well, especially because I mixed up all the things with... <laughs> anyway, if you if you got everything that I said, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> I got all of it. Yeah, like, I was having a hard time with um, 10... Oh, what is what is 10 in the normal one? Anyway, I got I, little I, I longas. Because those are the ladies' watches for longa. Right. Um, <laughs> Patex and platinum instead of pipers piping. That I was good. I like the snowflakes, the, the Seiko snowflakes. <laughs> 12 Seiko snowflakes. Yeah. It would be interesting to know exactly how much all of this would cost. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter if you're Santa Claus. Exactly. There you go. He you makes them all procure, himself. Yeah, exactly. He's got little Swiss elves up there. Swiss elves. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to surprise you with that, dude. <laughs> no, that was, that was a nice surprise. A nice way to kick this thing off. So... <sighs> As you guys might have figured out, we're going to do a bit of a Christmas theme. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, what are some gifts that you could get some people? Um, I mean, I actually realized once we talked about this and we picked um, we picked well, we an idea. I, I thought I'm buying watches for somebody who's, I don't know, like not crazy into watches is what I sort of set it up for. Okay, so with a more casual... Uh watch person yeah you know what actually now that i'm looking at what i said mine is all over the place i didn't really stick to a a theme of the recipient very well Oh, okay anyway um let's do it so we both have lists yeah that are both a surprise to each other yep and you want you want to lead us off uh sure so the first thing that i would say to get someone who's into watches is like a watch repair kit that's what i got myself at first because um again and not everyone's wrists are the same size so you're gonna have to when you get a new watch and a lot of people aren't buying rolexes where they you know adjust it for you right at the store when you get it or you know other high-end watches like that right most of the time you're getting something online or in the mail and it's coming to you and you just you're just stuck with this watch and you could bring it to a uh you know to a watchmaker or someone who you know at any kind of watch store but i'd size I, it for you yeah yeah exactly but like i've heard of like it's like car dealerships 
they could screw that up too. Like they don't really care. It's not their watch, right? So if they're not familiar with the way that adjusting goes, it's sometimes better just to do it yourself. You know, then you learn. You know that you could do it anytime yourself, right. and and you get it exactly the way you want it. You know, without being rushed or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good suggestion. Um, it was also on my list, and uh, for my stuff, I've got um, Amazon links to everything. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of Prime. Like, these, but yeah. Yeah, the one that I picked was uh, thirty bucks. So it's not. You can actually get them for like fifteen, but I picked the thirty dollar one. Right. Oh my! Did something fall over over there? Yeah. The, the mailman came. He just put the mail in the mailbox. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, so I picked one that had like the uh, crystal press and stuff, so you could do some light modding and stuff as well. You know. Right. Like take your Seiko diver and put in a sapphire crystal stuff like that. And 30 bucks really isn't bad. They'll have so many tools, they won't really need anything ever again unless they start, like, doing movement stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many choices because so, there's so many, like, different mechanisms for, for straps, especially, like, metal stainless steel straps. Um, there's, like, different ways to, like, yeah. manipulate the spring bars and sometimes they're not even spring bars sometimes you basically got to hammer out like a piece of metal it's like it, there's so many different ways that manufacturers size them and some of them are certainly better than others i have to say yeah yeah so since you stole my thunder on the watch tools thing i got something <laughs> a little bit like that um okay. which is you can get them a uh a strap and a string and a spring bar tool okay yeah so I've bought some straps before, and the two places that I feel pretty comfortable sending people to, one is uh, Barton Watch Bands. Okay. They make really, like, decent, you know, like $25, $20 straps. Mm-hmm. Top grain leather, most of them. They do some silicon straps. I think they have sailcloth now. They have NATOs, you know. It's kind of just, like, a reasonable starting place. Right. And... All of their straps have um, the quick release where you don't need a spring bar tool. Oh, those are nice. I like those. I but, love but those. The, is that compatible with every watch, though? Like, as long as it's the right size, it's compatible? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh, okay. And then the other place is a place called All Watch Bands. And there you can kind of, like, sort. It's a little bit more uh, next level. Um, they've got, like... A lot of ladies' straps, which are hard to get from a lot of places because there's not a big market for them. Right. They give you, like, dimensions of the strap at the start and at the taper so that if you were to, like, switch out the buckle or something, you would know the buckle width. Right. And these are places that I've both... I've ordered from both of them quite a few straps and never any problems, always exactly as advertised, you know? Yeah. So I've been pretty happy with them. Um but even if you get them something from like Barton Watch Bands, um, and it's got the quick release tool, they still will probably need a spring bar tool to get out what's in there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of crappy spring bar tools out there that feel like they're made out of tin or something. They're just like, they get bent out of shape and they're total garbage. Yeah. Um, I've got a link in our show notes for a Bergeon spring bar tool, which is, this is basically, Bergeon makes all the stuff that watchmakers use okay and what i found is anytime that i've bought a tool 
and it wasn't a Bergeon tool. Later on, I've gotten frustrated with the tool and just bought the Bergeon version. <laughs> yeah, because what? Hey, that's news to me. I never heard of that brand because I've just been buying the Spring Bar, uh, like the tools that come with the kits on Amazon. And I've bent so many of those. Yeah, they're nonsense, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so if you if you buy a Bergeon tool, if basically this is just general advice. If there's anything where you could buy another version for like $5 less, or you could buy the Bergeon version. You just buy the Bergeon version and forget about it. That's yeah, what I've, right. That's what I've it's, come to just accept, you know? It's, it's one of those things. Although a lot of their tools for. are very expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah but that's I mean, the thing. You, you just got to buy it once, right? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. So, so yeah, uh, spring bar tool. Once you, And you know what? Actually, I've talked to some watchmakers that are really into it, and... They don't even use spring bar tools because they didn't exist back in the day and they all just used their screwdriver blades. But but doesn't that scratch up the stuff? Well, we've like, got really it... little screwdrivers. Okay. So you can get in there just as easily as with a spring bar tool, I guess. All right. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Like it's kind of because... like Canon pinion remover tools. Apparently lots of people sell them for watchmakers, but I've heard that they're just bad. And you should just, you know, use tweezers and stuff like the old days. I don't know. Yeah, like, because, like, I, I'm sometimes tempted to use little screwdrivers too, but I just figure I, I don't want to because I don't want to scratch the case or anything like that. But Oh, here's a pro tip just while we're talking about spring bars. Yeah. I've seen some damage on cases where it's clear that the damage came from a spring bar tool, somebody trying to get at it. Right. Um, Pro tip. Always use your spring bar from the back of the watch. So if you get a scratch on your watch, it's on the back of the lug, not on the front of the lug. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's just like, it, it almost seems like common sense, but I've seen yeah. lots of scratches on the front of lugs that are obviously because someone was coming in from the front. Okay, so piggybacking on that, speaking of spring bars and like uh, the tools, I the way I learned how to do it was watching YouTube videos from this guy who so so i bought one of my first seikos from this store called long island watches okay i don't know if you've heard of them yeah they're Um, well known yeah yeah but the guy who owns it also makes youtube videos on how to like adjust the straps on the oem seiko straps so he's got like really nice close-up videos of the exact model and strap that you need and that's how i learned to manipulate those jubilee straps that i get from seiko so if anyone, I know Seiko's a popular brand, but I've just watched his videos just to get a general, you know, best um, best case, like h- how to do things the right way when you're, you're taking off straps and stuff. So, Right, that's, that's a good tip. idea, especially because those bracelets, sometimes I've seen people like they're hollow end links on the bracelets and they end up bending the end links while they're, you know, trying to manipulate them off the watch. Yeah. So if you get it right the first time. Probably yeah, good. and and he tells you the exact tools you need because sometimes you need a very specialized tool depending on the strap. So, mm. all right, just a tip there. So, what's next on your list, buddy? So, what's next on my list is something I actually want. Now that I'm starting to collect more watches, is a nice watch case to to put a oh, bunch okay. of watches. Because right now all my watches are just in my like nightstand drawer, just sitting there. And so <laughs> it would it would be nice to have like, you know, you know like. 
you know, serious watch collectors, when they bring out their collection, they always have like a nice case or some sort of display thing to have them all. So I'm sure there's a lot of choices out there. You know, it's very subjective. What looks nice, what's practical, what's what what what's your budget. But I think anyone who has multiple watches would appreciate something like that. That is actually a really good gift idea, frankly. I, and they're really cheap, too. I actually well, have yeah. one and it was like 20 bucks. Yeah, I mean, they could be really cheap or they'd be really expensive. It just depends on what you want to spend. Yeah, mine's got like faux leather. <laughs> right. And then it's got like a viewing window from the top. And then it holds, I want to say like 16 watches or something. You, you, you want to link uh, the one you have for our listeners? Or, can, or is it like hard to find? Or Oh, sure. I can link mine. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I'll throw just a link in. Example. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. And, you know, depending on how um, how much they're into it, if they don't have a bunch of watches, you can find some that only hold, like, eight watches or six watches or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have a mega box like I do. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good idea. There's, like, there's so many choices available. So, I mean, some can hold, you know, more, some can hold less, just depending on which room you have. And it just makes any sort of, like... I, I, I don't know, like, like any wardrobe just look more classier if you got, you know, your watch case there and you're going out picking one. Instead of just a pile of watches on top of your dresser, <laughs> yeah. That, which is what, I, like, I literally open a drawer, there's just a pile of watches sitting there. Yeah, I, I mean, whenever I open mine, there's, like, a thick coating of dust on the top. So I like <laughs> to think that I'm, you know, protecting my watches from the elements a little bit. Yeah, exactly, so... Okay, so my next gift, um, this is for someone that, you know, is a, I don't want to say a man's man, but, you know, this is, this is you know, for rough and tumble. Okay. So, it's just a classy, old school G-Shock. Um, right now, they're 40 bucks. Oh, there you go. 40 bucks on Amazon. Um resistant 200 meters so it's just one of those ones that you can just slap on old school black resin g-shock and go at life do whatever you want and as the name implies it's resistant to shock yeah i mean it's got a bunch of stuff like alarms and timers and stuff but nobody ever really uses those so. yeah and it, and it, if you break it it's no big deal because you can just get another one yeah, and for gift giving, sometimes you give people gifts and you don't know like a hundred percent that you'll like that they'll like them. Right. So getting them something that's forty dollars is a lot less dangerous than getting them something that's like, you know, you could get like a four hundred dollar G Shock and they could be like, you know what, don't really like it, and then yeah. you're you're out a lot more money. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a safe choice. It's very safe. And the design is like pretty conservative. Like this, these have been around since the eighties. This kind of design, probably. Yeah, super old school. Yeah, I like it. So, what do you have next for us, buddy? Okay, so my next thing would be um, this is kind of like I don't have any, but like a nice watch. Like, uh, like it just takes a little more research, but, but getting a like a, a nice book or catalog of the of that person's favorite brand of watch. So, that's not a bad idea like a coffee table book yeah, type thing yeah they make a lot of these uh, books for brands of watches or types of watches and i've seen some really nice ones at some ad's 
and and even if you go to some 80s and you talk to them they'll like give you like a rolex catalog that's what i was gonna say I which was is gonna actually say, like if you just a go nice to gift. an ad or yeah. like a boutique you can just say like hey you got a catalog of x brand that you have here oftentimes they do and they're like printed pretty nice and stuff yeah they're, like the higher brand ones like they're like really nice actually like they're like they're like like you said a coffee table book yeah so that's that's like you know it but the, again it is free sometimes but then you got to re- it's it's nice because it's kind of personal because some people like certain brands right so if you do some research you can be able to get a nice value gift and it looks nice too i mean if you give them a gift that you got for free that's literal infinite value yeah, yeah. <laughs> right if if they appreciate it even the smallest amount your return on investment is infinite yeah exactly <laughs> but it's i think that'd be a good gift because like there's you know watches and art kind of intersect in some ways so yeah i actually saw a really good book at like a half price books that was um like a bunch of interviews and stories of um of different watchmakers Oh yeah, that I thought was really fascinating, but that sort of thing is not free, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could buy books too. So, yeah. And honestly, I feel like I would feel slightly bad giving them a catalog that I got for free at an AD. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably just but, a little cheaper than I normally go. But but some of them are probably like you could probably pay for them, but they just give it to you for free. Yeah, yeah so. I mean, the printing quality, they do, like, really nice prints on some of them, depending on the brand. It right. could cost them, like, 10 bucks each to print those things. Yeah, yeah. But they're just hoping that you buy a $5,000, $10,000 watch, so, yeah, yeah. worth and it. And sometimes, sometimes it takes, like, some... You gotta talk to them. You know, they're not just gonna give it to you off the bat. Right. So. So, my next gift idea is... Yeah, a classic. You guys have heard it a million times before if you're really deep into the watch thing. But I think it's a great kind of starter watch for a lot of people on the mechanical side. And it is the Orient Bambino. I've thrown a couple links in the chat here. And one of the nice things about this is is that um, the Orient Bambino has a bunch of different styles that it's been released with over time. Small iterations, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think that as far as like open heart watches go, it's I feel like open heart and like open case back watches. So so is that the same thing? Open heart and open case back? The open heart is where they just like punch a hole in the front of the dial and show oh, okay. you the balance wheel. Okay. okay. Um I feel like those are a good way to get people into mechanical watches. Because right. they can, like, see and, like, appreciate and sort of, like, get interested in the mechanics of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah unless it's one of those, uh, remember that fake one you showed me where it's just, it wasn't <laughs> even the inside. It was just, like, a ticking thing. <laughs> yeah, they just spun some gears on rotors. Yeah. yeah. This was this was an off-the-show discussion, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> so, yeah, the two ones that, I, that, I, that I've got in the show notes here, one of them is a blue... Um, a blue dial, open heart, um, just regular indices, no numerals, um, pretty classy looking dress watch. And I think that these are a great way to get people into watches, as I said, and uh, look pretty classy. And then the other one, well, it's got a bunch of different dial types, but the one that I've uh, kind of pointed you to is a cream dial with Roman numerals and blue hands. It looks pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, they do look nice. And it's 
nice way to get into automatic watches. Yeah, which one do Mechanical. you like better? I I like the open heart one better, actually. The blue one? Yeah. Yeah, I one. think the blue one looks pretty snazzy, frankly. I, I don't know, like to me, blue seems to be in right now. Blue and stainless steel is a nice combination. It's safe. It's you know, it's very classy right now. Yeah, I mean I know open hearts are a little bit like they can be kind of polarizing. Some people think they look tacky and some people don't. I think that one of the reasons that people think that they can look tacky is because like a lot of Chinese companies and stuff <laughs> will put open heart watches and then list them as tourbillon watches. That's so funny. Yeah, so they're like trying to scam people by doing something that looks kind of sort of <laughs> similar, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um but I think that they look pretty nice. Of course, I'm kind of addicted to the mechanics on the inside. Yeah. But I think that open hearts and display case backs like this really, you know, I've already said it, but it it it's a good way to get your friends into watches. Yeah, I especially like like it's it's nice on this particular watch because the di- the dial is not that busy. If there was a date uh day date there i think it might not look as good but since it's very clean that open heart looks good there yeah yeah i agree 100 percent. the other thing is i and it just depends on the caliber as to whether or not you can do it um right. but for some reason you very rarely see open hearts at uh six o'clock just because oh. of the standard way that you set up the like uh train of wheels and stuff like that in the watch Okay. But when they're at 6 o'clock, so that it's actually, like, symmetrical, I think that looks good. Yeah. This one is not at 6, it's at 9, but I still think it looks nice. Yeah, I think it looks good. I'd like to see it. Does it have a thing where you can see it move? Um, they've got a video there. Oh, yeah, and it's moving in the... Well, it's rotating, but the, the watch is running. Oh, it is? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see it. That's pretty cool. And it's got the open case back, too. I actually don't have an open heart watch, and it's something that I've wanted to obtain, but I just feel like I've got so many watches. (laughs) (laughs) How many do you have? Uh, Let me do a a quick count. Quick count. Pause. I'll be right back. Yeah. All right. I've got 10 watches and one pocket watch. Oh, okay. Nice even number. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've got two open slots on my uh, on my little case. case of watches there. Um, for some reason, I thought it was eighteen, but it's twelve. And I'm tra- <laughs> I'm gonna actually probably sell a couple watches here and open yeah, up was, a few more slots. I was just gonna ask you, like, when you get new watches, do you try and like replace, or do you just keep adding? Oh no, I I, I try to not. I think I don't think I'll need more than twelve watches. You know, I'll just like upgrade things. And some things I bought and I was really excited for, and then it showed up, and then I was less enchanted over time as I thought I was. And actually, I lied. I've got 12 watches, because okay. two of them are on my bench right now in pieces. Oh, okay. But Wor- <laughs> they will be returned to working order, so I'll call it 12 you, watches. I guess you could say you're doing open-heart surgery on a couple of them. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, I'm going to get rid of a couple because... Otherwise, I'll have one more watch than I can fit in my box. That's not good. Yeah, or get a bigger box. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 just go, going back to these Orient watches. What, what's our, what's your take on this brand Orient? 
because they're pretty like low cost brand, right? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like entry level, you know, it's kind of like Seiko, Citizen, Orient, that sort of thing. Um, I think they're all fine and sort of they're reliable and reasonable at a low price. I mean, there's nothing yeah. really to complain about. Yeah, I I didn't even know they sold them on Amazon until you sent me this. Like, I always went to the Orient site to see their watches, but I guess Amazon sells everything nowadays. Yeah, especially when you're a sort of like, I'd call all three of those brands, they're like sort of mall brandish in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you can get some nice Seikos that you could never yeah. find in a mall. Exactly. But yeah. The beginning, the beginnings of all of their ranges are the sort of things that you could find in a mall. Yeah, like Macy's or department store or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, all of those, a lot of those tend to end up on Amazon too. Yeah. It, like I said, and I'll repeat because it's nice buying stuff on Amazon because the return policy is so generous. So you could yes. buy this watch, wear it for a bit and be like, okay, I don't like it. And then return it, no questions asked. That's the, like, amazing. Yeah. The only thing that I don't like about the Bambino, frankly, is I just have no tolerance for mineral crystals. That's another reason why I haven't picked one up. Okay. When you say mineral crystals, is it like on the internal or is it like... Can you see it? Oh, it's like, no, it's not the exhibition case back crystal that I'm worried about. It's like yeah. the crystal on the front. Okay. Is it, is it the durability that you're concerned about? The look? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Here, Here's my philosophy, okay? okay? Sapphires are great because they never scratch. Well, okay. sapphires generally consider the best, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I like those because they right. never scratch. I mean... My brother has a sapphire that I put in there. I upgraded one of his watches to a sapphire. Um, and he really he bangs it up quite a bit. And right. still, you know, perfect condition. Because that sapphire is so resistant to scratches. So right. that would be my standard. Then the other thing that I kind of accept is acrylic. Right. So that's like old school vintage watches. Scratches super easily. Um, not that awesome of a material, but the fact about acrylic is, is that it polishes up easily. Right. So you can go from having like a kind of scratchy acrylic crystal to a nice acrylic crystal with just a little bit of effort. And, and I guess I'm kind of aware that I'm wearing a watch, so I don't tend to get scratches on acrylic very much. Okay. The thing that I don't like about mineral crystals is that they're in between yeah. So they're kind of resistant to scratches, but then once you get a scratch in it, it's very hard to work it back out. Okay. So I'd, I'd like it to either be totally resistant to scratches like sapphire or very easily polished like acrylic. Okay. And mineral is like not so resistant to scratches like sapphire. And once you have them, they're very hard to get back out. Okay. So but I'm not a cheap. fan. Yeah. Okay. And typically you won't even see acrylic anymore. Like acrylic's sort of more old school, I guess. So now you tend to see just mineral or sapphire. Interesting. So yeah, I don't know. You can buy domed sapphire now. I guess you could put that on a Bambino and then kind of upgrade it or whatever. Bambino mods. But that's one thing that I don't like about them. But but when you're like paying this kind of money, like you're probably not going to get a sapphire um 
don't crystal right like like even seiko yeah. has that ha- their own hal uh, yeah or whatever. dome sapphire is even more expensive than the than the flat sapphires um oh is it it is yeah and the more domed that sapphire is the more expensive it gets so when we're talking about like the thunderdome uh right. from mbnf that thing is like right. massively domed and large <laughs> Yeah. So that thing is like really hard to produce and very expensive. I guess it's more material, right? Because it's more material and more like skill in the production. I I don't know exactly how they're made, but that's just my understanding. It's kind of like the quartz crystal growing thing. We should probably look it up at some point so that we (laughs) actually know how it's done. Because now we can talk about growing quartz crystals and we like actually know quite a bit how it's done. Yeah, we we went over that quite a bit, so. Yeah. So So yeah, back to the Bambino. I think it's it's a it's a good starter watch. Um and it's just one that I wouldn't buy for myself just because of this dome mineral crystal. It's just this thing that slightly stops me from doing it. Yeah. So what's next on your list? Okay, I'm going to send you a link right now. It's this so there's multiple choices for stuff like this, but something to measure the accuracy of a watch. Um, ah, some of these are expensive. Like this one I sent you is expensive, but it's like it, it's it links to an app on your phone, so you kind of just um, are you seeing it? Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, so you kind of just uh, put your watch on this like thing that looks like a scale, and then I guess by sound it it it, it goes to tries to figure out how accurate your watch is because I to me that's one of the things that I'm always interested in is how much time does a watch keep or lose or or is it ahead like because seiko some seikos are known to like lose a lot of time so i'd be interested to know how how much you know time a watch any watch in my collection is losing or gaining and this has like some interesting things that tells you about the internals too so it's pretty interesting device actually yeah it's pretty well made i guess my question is um is the cost in chf I don't know what currency that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I I saw somewhere though that it's like five hundred US. Oh, okay. so so I don't know what CHF is, but okay. Oh, I we should mention what what it is. It's called One of. So the site is well, Luke will link it, but it's one dash of dot com. But there are other devices that tell accuracy, right? There are. So I think I'll throw down. The one that I use. Oh, um, so you have, so you have one? Is which do you have one? I do have one. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Let me just pull it up here. Okay. So, mine looks more like this, which I have to say is much less fancy looking, because an iPad just is fancy <laughs> looking at the start. Um, and this is sort of what you'll see a lot of. Um, ah. This like looks a lot more old school. Yeah, this is what a lot of like watchmaker hobbyist and actually just like full watchmakers will use. Um, okay, so it's a Yatek watch timing machine test. Right, except actually there's a bunch of different brands that sell these, but but the actual brand is Weishi. Weishi, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then a bunch of other brands just buy them and resell them or whatever. So right. time grapher is an interesting one, as you're saying. The one that you showed is like 
basically a microphone that you attach and then get an app and then the app will tell you stuff. This one yeah. is more old school. It's all one device and um, it'll tell you all the information and then those software things that will kind of give you, they can sometimes give you like a diagnosis. So, so you got to calculate it manually basically. Like yeah, with, with one of these, you have to know what all the numbers mean and come to the diagnosis yourself. Right. Um, like like this one I showed you, I'm looking at the page, and you just put your watch on, and it basically tells you right there and then how many seconds per day it's losing. Oh, like it's yeah. It's like real this, time. This one will do the exact same thing. That okay. thing, it'll do it the same thing. But some of these uh, like software-heavy ones... We'll do stuff like tell you, oh, your balance is out of poise. You know, oh, like very right. watchmakery type things that you right. wouldn't even have a way to fix if you knew it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So let, let's back up for a sec. The one of one that I linked, the, the one with the app, it, you said it uses a microphone basically, right? Yeah. H- how does this one get into like diagnose? They both do. Oh, they both use microphones. Okay. Yeah. So it yeah. uses sound. Yeah, so they're listening to the pallet fork um, smacking the escape wheel makes a little bit of a sound. And okay. also the roller jewel smacking the prongs on the back of the pallet fork also makes noise. And so it listens to these things and then it outputs all of the uh, relevant data for your watch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, actually, for a big enthusiast, this is something that I considered putting on my list, but I was like, these are pretty intense. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested in it, but but the, like like I said, I'm probably more of a casual watch guy than you, so that's why I saw this one with the app that just like it has everything there, but it's like cost like three times as much, four times as much. Right. I'd get one of these Weishis. I mean, you can see it gives you the rate uh, right there, the amplitude, the beat error. Um, yeah. And then if you're like a bit of a casual guy and you've got your watch tool thing that we were talking about before, you could snap off the back of the watch and then try to regulate the rate a little bit. Um, Wow, really? Yeah, it's actually not hard. There's like on the uh, regulator in the center of the balance wheel, there'll be like a little stick type thing. And if you just push it back and forth, it'll speed up or slow down the watch. Oh, yeah? Like, it's designed to be easily regulated. Um, But I guess one of the dangers is, is, like, if you're doing it yourself and then you're pushing on it, a lot of people use more force when using uh, watch stuff than is necessary. And then even if you tell them to be gentle, they're still not gentle enough. (laughs) Yeah. So you'll find people do stuff like be regulating and then be pushing, and then they slip off of the regulator, and then just jam whatever they're pushing down into the hairspring and just bend the <laughs> shit out of it, and then your watch is in serious trouble. <laughs> so they basically did more damage than this if they didn't open it at all. Yeah, I mean, if you, like, bend a hairspring, <laughs> it will be almost impossible for someone other than a watchmaker to get your watch working normally again. Yeah, um... Yeah, I wouldn't even dream of opening the back of my watches unless I like had a lot of education on it. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you if you, I don't know, like it's something that I started doing very early on. 
So I, right. I'm more comfortable, I guess, maybe. But I think it's reasonable to regu- regulate your own watch. And in fact, if you're thinking like old days, um, like cowboys, they yeah. would have like pocket watches, right? And yeah. they had these same regulators on them. And like the cowboys would open them up and, you know, take their, I don't know, cow bone needle and be like poking <laughs> the regulator to change the time. But how would they know, like, don't you need this tool to figure out how to regulate it? Well, that's a good question for back then. I guess maybe they'd compare to the town square clock or something. I don't <laughs> the really refer- know. The reference clock in downtown. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know exactly how they decided if it was running fast or slow. That's a really yeah. good question, actually. But yeah, like they were kind of designed so that regular people could regulate them. Right. Interesting. But yeah, I, I think this is a good tool to have because a lot of, if you go on a lot of watch forms, a lot of people talk about how much time does it lose or gain a day. So I think it'd be interesting to see, actually. Yeah, and if you're just mildly curious and you don't need like uh, a real like big setup like this time grapher, I'll, I'll link the Weishi one because I think it's a more reasonable purchase. Okay. Um, if But the time grapher idea was a good one. But... It, you can also get apps on your phone um, where you don't need to spend anything. It's just like a really? free, yeah, like time grapher app. And, you know, if you just want to know, like, am I gaining time or losing time and how much, like, there's there's some apps that you can just pick up for free. So it just uses the microphone on your phone? Yeah. Or you could plug in a microphone or there's some that would work um, on your PC. Like, ah. you, have, you have a microphone for uh, podcasting, right? And you could just lay a watch on top of that and use like some of these apps that you could get for your PC and get some, some decent data. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. So I would say time graphers, if you're just super casual, you could take a peek at some of the apps and stuff and see what you can find. Um, And if you are getting more serious, you could maybe pick up one of these uh, Weishi ones or something. Interesting. I like it. All right. That was a good suggestion. Uh, the other reason why I brought it up because it's like now that I'm looking at vintage watches on eBay, I'm always like wondering how is the movement? Like, is it still keeping time? Okay. So I always figure, hey, if I got this tool, I could tell. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're looking at vintage stuff, it becomes more relevant because when you buy a new watch, they're always they always say like literally it'll be ground into the movement unregulated movement <laughs> right which it kind of makes me feel bad because like if i do like some watchmaker magic and make it kind of nice um it still like has like literally grounded to the movement that it's a piece of crap <laughs> but, uh, yeah you know you've done the work to make it not a piece of crap but anyway when they when they come out of the factory they do have to meet certain ranges um of accuracy so it's never going to be too crazy new but you can get really crazy stuff in the antique market as you're saying yeah like you don't want to buy a vintage watch that's like time is off a lot so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean again you could pop off the back and play with that regulator if you really wanted to yeah yeah i guess i guess with the vintage watch you kind of like it's an old watch so there's gonna there might be some problems yeah, but a lot of the some of the times you'll buy vintage watches and somebody has already done the regulator part of it. 
So like, like you it might hope, be yeah. well, no, like they'll be like losing a bit of time, and then right. you open it up and you look at the regulator and they've pushed it all the way to max. <laughs> oh, okay. So That's it's funny. actually losing tons of time, and it <laughs> and it needs a it needs a service. So here's my next suggestion. So <clears throat> this is a friend that you really like, okay? Because the Bambino was like a hundred fifty. Oh yeah. To like maybe 170 type stuff depends where you get it here we're breaking the 200 mark so this is starting to be a serious gift um i have the, this watch yeah seiko skx this one's the 009 um and then there's the 007 is the black all black yeah. version but i think yeah. this one's a little bit more playful yeah um pepsi's in so you know black is black but like Pe- Pepsi seems to be everyone's copying Pepsi nowadays. Yeah, what which one do you have? Do you have this like literal exact one? Okay, so you see this one says SKX 009K1. The K means it's like I I thought it meant Korea, but apparently it's like Malaysia, but it's not the the the, the point being it's not Japan. It's not Right, see, the J is this, the one from Japan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I got I have the I have the J. So it looks basically identical except on the Around the six o'clock, it says "Made in Japan." That's the only difference, and the and the strap it comes with is different. But everyone changes the strap on these. Yeah, and some people say, you know, that the the one that's made in Japan is like made a little bit better. That that's yeah, that's like a stereotype because people just assume the Seiko's from Japan, so it's gonna be made better. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually true. Frankly, it um, could be yeah. But it costs. It definitely costs more. That one. Yeah, Seiko's. It's really often, even for the ones made in Japan, that like the chapter ring on the outside doesn't line up with the indices and stuff. I mean, they've got some. They've got some yeah. problems on the low end. Yeah. Even um, the J, the Japan one, has that problem. Yeah. So so since we're on this watch, and since I have this watch, I'll give you some some tips, and I'll go back to Long Island watch. Like, obviously, you want to align chapter ring and bezel. So, mm. a lot of times, like, I, like, again, I bought it from Long Island Watch. The guy that owns that place is really nice. His name is Mark. You can ask him to find you, like, a plum version of it, which is, like, very straight. And he'll do his best to, like, pick one out for you if you ask. That's, you just got to ask. Yeah, and they're, they're a dealer that I feel I've heard so much about. I think that they're a pretty reasonable dealer. And actually, I think... In our show notes, maybe I'll switch this one to Long Island Watch. Yeah, but I mean, this watch is discontinued now. So the price is just going to... I think it's going to go up. It's a very popular... It was a popular watch. Yeah, it was. Um, but but I'll tack this on for you as well. This is... It's, it, this watch looks exactly the same. It's SKX013. So it's like this exact same thing. It's just a little smaller. So if you've got a little bit of a smaller wrist... This you might consider this one. It doesn't come in Pepsi bezel stock like the one Luke linked, but for if for a smaller wrist, this is. I don't have this one, but I, I considered getting this one because just because it's smaller. Yeah, uh, and you know, you could do the baby turtle too if you want to. If you want a smaller uh, Seiko, um, part of the reason that I picked this one was that the price was like within reason. Yeah. Um, for the one you linked, it is it is better for like someone with a smaller wrist, but you're starting to be a very good friend. 
<laughs> oh yeah at 320 well you know like say these are the very good introductory watch like along along with the orient watch but like seiko's like the skx series is like like when you get first getting into watches you'll hear a lot about it yeah the other possibility the one thing that i dislike about this is that it's like over 300 dollars and that darn hard lex man yeah i'm so- yeah I can't but, handle oh, mineral crystal at that cost. The the other thing I should mention about this series of watches, though, is that they're very modifiable. Um, a lot of people online, mod- like, there's a lot of parts out there and ideas you can get for how to modify these like watches. Like, people change the bezel, people change the hands, the dial. It's like, there's a lot of, like, aftermarket for this watch. Yeah, and I think that actually part of that is going to have a little bit of a crash because since they're like drying up because they're not making them anymore they've got a bunch of yeah. parts that fit on this watch and people aren't buying any more of this watch so it's like yeah they got to yeah. get rid of them somehow so i have a feeling in like a year they'll be practically giving away those mod parts yeah for sure because they're very specialized to this watch yeah ex- except for the crystal like the sapphire upgrades yeah because you can always find a watch that the crystal will fit on yeah yeah so it's it's yeah, I that is a good uh, suggestion gift idea actually. Well, you know what? Christmas is over on my list. Do you have any others <laughs> on yours? Okay, I've I have i have got one more and this one is like this is if you really love the person. Um, okay. It's, uh, this and this is a gift idea. I didn't really do too much research on it, but um if you're into watches, you've probably heard of Basil World. Yes? Oh my gosh! What are you? What are you suggesting here? So why not take the person you like slash love to Baselworld? Get tickets, make it a trip, do the whole thing. You know, Basel's a nice city, so I hear. I've never been. All right. But, you know, kid, go just go there and check out the newest watches. The, the, the hot watches are there. All the publications are there all the time. It's you know, I'm sure it'll be a fun time. That that's a good. It's, it's almost like a watch trip. That's not a bad idea. Uh, I think that instead of Basel, we should more generalize and call it more like watch trip as sure. as, as, as your idea. Because it's sure, a good yeah. one. It doesn't have to be about Basel, but that's just like to me, if my top choice for a watch trip would, would be that. Right. Well, you could go up if you don't if you're in the US and you don't want to travel so far, you could go up to you could go to like wind up, which okay. is in like I think they do it in I know they do wind up New York. And then I like, I think that they have a West Coast wind up as well. And like a bunch of companies come to that and a lot of like micro brands, you'll meet people. Um, My concern with Basel is that Basel is mostly for authorized dealers. Oh, okay. Some people have gone to Basel as non-dealers and have said that it was a letdown because none of the reps wanted to talk to people who weren't authorized dealers. Ah, uh, oh, that's good to know. Yeah, so you could, if, if you want to just, like, wander around and, like, look at all of them and, like, take pictures and stuff, then then Basel's a good place. But if you want to, like, talk to someone from the brand and, like, have them take out watches and stuff for you, they might be a little bit, like, even though, like, Swiss watches, it's always like, oh, you know, customer is always right, uh, luxury service and stuff at yeah. Basel World. Apparently, they can get like a little bit more abrasive. Oh yeah, to, like I, the I, average customer. 
I'd believe that, especially with like watches getting more popular now and everyone hearing more of Basel World. Yeah, what you might do instead if is just like go to Switzerland and like beforehand, some of these watch companies will do like tours through the yeah, factory. Yeah. yeah, and that might be even more awesome if you can like get five brands where you know that they're doing tours like all within a week that you could go to. That would be sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea too. I mean, if you're there in Switzerland already, you're at the mecca, like the country with like the, all the luxury, like you know, you have got your Rolex, you know, there's all, there's all the watchmakers there. You might as well check out other things if you. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would suggest maybe some of that stuff. Wind up there's there's a decent amount of like watch fairs, but apparently Basel World and SIHH can be a little rude to your average <laughs> Joe. Well, it's, I mean, it's going to be just like that for any kind of industry, you know, conference where it's like, they're going to, they're, they're trying to make connections and stuff. So, but yeah, if you want to just see the watches, it, it'd be a cool atmosphere. Everyone's a watch head there. Yep. Yep. That is definitely true. And you'll see the newest stuff. So I, I might go to SIHH because that's like the even more ridiculously fancy version <laughs> Where you might see like an MBNF or something be released there. Where is that? Is it in one place all the time or do they switch locations? I think SIHH is also in Switzerland, but nobody quote me on that. I've never paid attention to where it is. <laughs> okay. So if anyone's interested in going to Basel World, it's called Basel World because it's in the city of Basel, which is in Switzerland. So yep, don't yep. think that's going to change. Right. But you should look at who's actually going because before everyone went... And a lot of companies have been dropping out of Basel World in the last two years. Oh. Like, literally, Seiko's not going anymore. And Grand Seiko's not going anymore. Um, but why? Because there are too many people? Uh, I think they just don't think that it makes sense anymore. Like, they, they'll do, like, their releases online. They'll invite people to come to Japan and look at their releases there. Stuff like that. Right. right. Um... And then the other people who dropped out are um, the entire Swatch group. Oh, that's a, that's a big group. So yeah, check that the brands that you want to see are actually there because it's not as massively inclusive as it used to be. Good to know. Make sure the brand you like is actually there. <laughs> <laughs> or else you just wasted a trip to go to Switzerland. Yeah, although I think that the factory tours would honestly be... Like, also, maybe it's just me personally, because I like the insides of watches and stuff. Yeah. But if you go to a factory tour and you can see, like, people doing, like, engravings and, like, machines cutting out parts and stuff, I think that'd be kick-ass. Yeah, I mean, that's gonna be, you're not gonna see that at Basel World. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm into motorcycles, and one time I went to the Ducati factory tour, and that was just amazing, just to see the behind the scenes of how the stuff was made. That and I'm sure awesome. it's the same thing for watchmaking. I mean, if you're into if you're into it, and, yeah, and usually usually that's free, and they do treat normal Joes like good because it's like you have to get tickets for it. And they're usually they're free. You just have to reserve, and then like you know you go as a group, and it's not like just it's not like a you know free for all. Right, and the one that you can just strike off your list right now is Rolex. They don't do tours. Oh okay. <laughs> They're very secretive. Nobody, Nobody's allowed in. <laughs> but it's also very weird Rolex. Like, they don't have that many watchmakers. They have, like, a lot of watch technicians. Oh. Uh, 
So they'll be like, you're the guy that puts on the bridge over like the the gear train and that guy he just screws in the same three screws every day <laughs> so it's like uh it's, it's like assembly line it's way more assembly line at rolex yeah that's oh, my I understanding that. yeah so a lot of the people who put everything together they're just trained to do like one small part of it that's what it's like for like for like the ducati plates too like either you're specialized in one piece of the engine or whatever and that's all you do yeah so there's there's only a few like overhead watchmakers in Rolex who really understand everything and are the big head honchos. So I heard it like, and I'm sure you must know it, the higher end watches that like the one watchmaker makes the whole watch and you basically like signs it or does or stamps his signature on it and then you can like go meet the guy if you do the tour there. Um, I haven't heard of the guy signing it. But there are, like, for, for like, Along and Zana, for example, how they do those, right. like, hand-engraved balance cocks and stuff. Yeah. They'll be, like... Like a signature somehow. It's not a signature, but they'll say, like, if you bring it to them, they'll be like, oh, I could tell that's Eric's technique. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, exactly. That's so Eric, the way that that was done. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, that's so... That'd be so cool. And yeah. And you get to meet Eric... Or whatever the guy's name is. With like two C's or something. I don't know yeah. <laughs> how the names are in Switzerland. But yeah, like I would love to go to one of those companies that doesn't make as much stuff. You right. know, like a Parmigiani Fleurier or an Armenstrom or, yeah. you know, something like that. Or Patek Philippe. Patek Philippe makes a lot. <laughs> I think I would but, rather but go to Armenstrom than Patek Philippe. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I just know, want to see them make a Nautilus. <laughs> just have an infinite love. Yeah. Perhaps they'll be making a Nautilus and it'll be like 99% done and you can just grab it and run away and <laughs> yeah. see if you can make it out of the door. <laughs> I don't think you'll be allowed to take another tour. Yeah. Hey, but then, but now, but then now I have a, a Nautilus, a 99% finished Nautilus. <laughs> so I do have actually another Christmas suggestion. Okay. Now that we talked about it. Although... We're going to be too close to Christmas. What day is it? The 14th? The 14th. Okay, I take back my suggestion. I don't have any more suggestions. Okay. Because <laughs> I was going to say, I'm still... Because you were talking, you know, if you really like somebody, you can do this extravagant thing. Yeah. So I was thinking of getting to the $300 mark. Yeah. With my uh, Humism Dacine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice, but it's it gets shipped from Hong Kong and it takes like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Some of these watches, like you got to plan out when to get them because it's gonna take a while. Yeah, this That's is why I was like leaning on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, we don't, we're not sponsored by Amazon, but you know, Amazon's everywhere. So yeah, that's all of my suggestions. Um, mostly, I think that you should just have a good time and not worry too much about gifts for Christmas. Yeah, um, there's cheap gifts and there's expensive gifts. However, and you know what I find? I find that cheap versus expensive has nothing to do with how much somebody enjoys a gift. Oh, no. Yeah, of course. That's Um, very true. Yeah. Like, basically, if someone likes expensive gifts and you can't seem to please them without them, it probably... (laughs) This is probably not a person you should get too many gifts for. (laughs) Luke's life pro tips. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it always worries me that people will, like, look up gift prices... I find oh, that people do that all the time. So tacky. 
Oh, yeah. I hate that so much. Well, when you get someone a gift card, you know exactly how much it was. So. Well, yeah, a gift card, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gift cards are easy, though. That's To me, that's like cheating. It's like, why don't you just give them cash then? Yeah, I personally... Okay, here. Do you want, you want pro tips for gift giving? Okay, go. So, my pro tips, if you want to give gifts like I do, which is to say with excellent results. Okay, so so you're you're good good gift giver is what you're saying. Yeah. And I only say this because other people tell me this. <laughs> the first thing that I do is is I never wait to buy gifts. So I'll buy gifts up to 12 months in advance. So like Yeah, but but a lot of people are procrastinators. Not everyone does that. Right. But the nice thing is like so for example, my brother said Literally the day after Christmas, we were sitting around talking about films, and he said that he like really liked these few directors. Right. And then I went out and bought on the twenty sixth of December his Christmas gift for his next year, <laughs> which was some like uh, Blu ray um, collections of those uh, directors. Okay. So the first thing is listen to people when they're talking to you about <laughs> things that they like. And then just buy those things right away. Like, you don't yeah. have to procrastinate at all. And if you just do that, you'll have, like, 75% of your gifts purchased before December even comes around. Wait, wait, wait. So you say, are you saying I got to listen to people? <laughs> that is what I'm saying. <laughs> and then... That's asking a bit too much there. For the other ones, you know, you just have to think about the things that they've been talking about. This is a little bit harder. Where you have to kind of like think about the things that they've been talking about and try to like translate their interests into a relevant gift. Yeah, but see, but that that I think is more like that's better than just spending a boatload of money and, and then not thinking at all about what they want. Yeah, like if you just buy someone like, oh, I got you a diamond necklace. Yeah. You know, I think that I've gotten better than diamond necklace results with gifts that cost less than $40. Like, oh, yeah, consistently. You know, with yeah. girlfriends and all sorts. So you're gonna put all you have to do is listen to people and then buy way in advance. And if you think about something, yeah. like if you have that idea where you're turning their interests into a gift, just buy that thing right away or put it all on. Right. I have like a I have like a notepad thing on my computer, and if you go into my documents, you could hypothetically just look at what gifts people are giving getting right because right. if i just randomly am thinking about someone and think about a gift then i just write it down right away yeah that's a good idea that's just a good idea for anything that comes to mind that you want to just say like have notes for yeah so these are my gift giving uh <laughs> tips i like it that that's a free gift for everyone out there all those tips <laughs> how do you do gifts do you wait i wait i'm a procrastinator um i feel everyone waits but the thing is, I don't really buy gifts for that many people. If that makes sense. Like, I just really have to buy for my wife. Um, we don't have kids. Uh, we don't really get our parents gifts. Gotcha. Um, so it's just understood. I mean, they don't give us gifts. It's just, just I, I don't know. It's 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 more like it could be an Asian culture thing, but there's just not as many people we have to get gifts for. I was going to say, I don't think anyone knows that you're Asian yet. Oh, okay. So you're out yeah. of the Asian closet now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Jay, Jay is Asian. Yeah. <laughs> um what about like uh what about like Chinese New Year or you know, other Asian holidays? 
Chinese New Year, you give money in red pockets, so it's easy. Yeah, red envelopes or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah red envelopes, yeah. But does that so, go back up the chain, or is it always like parents get for kids, kids don't get them for parents? That's right. They? So the more quote-unquote senior you are, you you gift down, so, so you don't gift up uh, Chinese New Year. Right. And you, and, and you could just put fives in there, like, you don't have to put 20s. Like, grandmas usually put, like, a lot of money because, like, how do I say this without sounding morbid? They don't have much time left. They don't have nothing to do else with their money. So they're going to, you know, give hundreds of dollars, like put hundreds in the pockets because they're not spending the money. So Sure, yeah. After a um, lifetime of being frugal, you can now split exactly. on the next generation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then so what happens is the parents of those kids take the money for themselves and say, oh, we're saving it uh, for your college fund. So the kids never see a dime of it. <laughs> so So are there any... Are there any holidays where you would hypothetically get your parents a gift? Like with this kind of standard setup? No, like maybe birthdays. But even then, I don't remember giving my parents that much on birthdays. Like it was just wasn't a normal traditional thing. Gotcha. And would you say that that's like generally the case? I it's I, I would say it's it's a more old fashioned. Like if you're like a newer generation, you'd follow the more american style which is give gifts to, you know on the birthdays no matter who it is right and give gifts to more people on christmas right right yeah for so for christmas yeah. i buy for everyone in my immediate family parents brothers and then right. my my brother's kids and then so your nephews your, your nephews and nieces yeah and then my grandparents also sometimes yes yeah. See, I think that's more that's more like the more traditional way here of how, how people do it. Yeah. So your wife doesn't listen to the podcast, right? No. So you could tell me what you could tell me what you're getting her for Christmas, and everyone would know except for her. Uh, yeah, but it's I haven't even I haven't decided yet. Yeah, she, she she told she she makes it easy for me. She tells me exactly what she wants, but the thing is, like, I have to get the link like. She needs to send me the Amazon link so I can actually buy it. Because so, there's so many different kinds of that product. What did she ask for? I'm curious. She's into tea. So it's like this tea brewing thing or something like that. Like it's, like it's one of those things that you put like loose leaf into like yeah, one yeah, of those like yeah. mesh and, ball things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's reusable or something. Gotcha. Maybe you should... <laughs> you know, I'm not going to give you that advice. Just buy whatever <laughs> she wants. Yeah, she has it exactly in mind. But then there's like stocking stuffers I gotta put in. So. Mm. There's some good gag ones. Like uh, I got one for my brother's wife is really into tea, and yeah. uh, I got them one where it it looks like you know how someone would be like sitting in a hot tub that have like yeah. their hands back on on the like rails of the hot tub. Yeah, like on the ledge. Yeah. I've seen like a tea strainer where like you put in the legs, the tea, and then it just like hangs oh, oh, oh. off of the edge of the uh, of the cup. The cup. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But I don't know if I she'd didn't... like novelty tea strainers or not. I didn't know there's so many variations of these things until she told me about. It. Tea is a very deep and complex thing. It's a big industry now, actually. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but my friend gave me some tea. He's very against bag tea. Okay. He gave me tea where it like comes in a little ball and then you right. put it in the cup and then 
the ball like blooms into like a flower type thing at the bottom of the cup. It's crazy. Yeah, you can get some fancy stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you can. All right. Well, I think we've covered Christmas and watches. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the people? Uh, no, just good luck with your gifts. Uh, if you guys got any good gift ideas, then let us know. Um, you know, in the comments of our Instagram. I guess that's the only social, direct social we have right now. So we got the YouTube. YouTube, YouTube as YouTube. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can you can go to the Instagram and the YouTube. We're we're still updating the Instagram. It's getting a few photos. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week as we continue to discuss gears, springs, oils, watches, brands, all things watches and watchmaking. See everybody next week.